welcome back to the Lawali Life podcast. I hope you're all doing as well as you can in either self-isolation or isolation with your loved ones. I know it can be taxing, so I'm going to be here to bring you some of the most inspiring people I know and content over the next few weeks to help keep you grounded, stress-free, and inspired and motivated during this very strange time. For those of you that haven't tuned in already, I'm Alice Law and I'm your host and founder of Lawali Life, which is my coaching practice I've set up to help stress professionals and entrepreneurs to manage, get rid of and decrease stress whilst improving their personal and professional performance. This podcast is based purely around stress and loss, which is pretty apt at this time, and it is a mixture of conversations with amazing leaders in their fields from top CEOs, neuroscientists, other coaches and practitioners, spiritual thought leaders, entrepreneurs and more guiding you through the greatest stress and losses they've personally had to overcome, how they did it, and tips on how to get you back through yours. Today we have the wonderful Matt Wilson. We actually recorded this episode at his digital marketing event before lockdown, but Matt's insights to mindset and motivation are more relevant now than ever. He is the founder of Einstein Marketer, which is a digital marketing agency. He's an entrepreneur, a public speaker. He really has the most incredible energy and he shares in this episode how he used to not be positive and he had to train himself to be that way because the people around him weren't positive either. And I think that's such an important message to remember at this time in particular that we can train our minds to think and be whatever way we want them to be. And if you listen to him in this episode and his energy, you would not believe that is true. So I find him very inspiring and I hope you enjoy his story and journey. much for being on the podcast today, Matt. We have the amazing Matt Wilson, who is CEO of Einstein Marketer, which is a digital marketing agency. So he's basically a marketing marketing wizard and an amazing male entrepreneur. So it's great to have you today. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having me. So yeah, would you first like to just tell people a bit about your own story as to how you got to doing what you're doing now? Yeah, sure. Um, so I... You know, it's classic my background right from the start, really working class background. Um, you know, my mum and mum was a teacher. My dad worked in a factory, um, so you know, working class background. Come from a fairly rough area, hung around with a fairly rough crowd. You know, and um, had lots of different jobs growing up, loads of different things. So I was, you know, from construction, roofing, bricklaying, labouring, all those types of jobs that I used to believe. Um, was all that someone from my area could do, right? That's that's. Then there's nothing wrong with those jobs, but that was all we were made to believe that was possible for us, sort of thing, you know. And um, yeah, slowly started going through life and just started having, a, you know, just a, an inkling, a question in my brain all the time, which is why why can't I do more? Why can't I do that thing that that guy over there is doing? Why can't I be that person that that guy over there is, you know? And um, that led me on to a couple of new things. So I got into sales, was was probably my first jump into business. So I got into sales. I worked in a really hardcore like, sales environment in, in London, in the city, cold calling people, you know, selling them stuff they didn't want to buy, you know, <laughs> just hounding them. You know what it's like when someone calls you, you don't, you don't want to talk to them, you don't know who they are. That was me. I was that guy. Um, and But what, what it did do really, really good for me, it gave me a really thick skin. It, 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 first of all, it taught me how to sell, which is like, you know, a key area of business. It made me fall in love with a business as well because then after learning how to sell, I sort of, I, I decided, yeah, I actually want to get into business. I want to have a business that sells something. But I want to have a business that sells something good to people that actually want it uh, as opposed to what I was doing at the time. So that sort of got me into marketing. I, I, I then started, um, you know, researching marketing and 
trying to figure out how to get leads into businesses um, that actually wanted what that business was selling. Because the leads we were calling had no idea who we were, for instance. So I was like, you know, how can we get leads that actually know who you are? They already like you. They already trust you. So that when you call them up and offer them something, the conversation's not, you know... Fuck off. <laughs> oh, you can swear on this podcast. Great. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. It's not fuck off. It's, oh, hello. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about it sort of thing. And I just went on this massive, you know, crazy education uh, um, crash course when it comes to marketing and things like that. I was buying all of the courses, learning everything I could about marketing um, and then implement it into businesses. And then I got into running an agency for do it by, by doing it for other people. Yeah, it's amazing. So yeah. as a successful male entrepreneur, like stress is part of the package. I'm sure you've been through your own highs and lows in your journey. But yeah. in your life, what would you say is the greatest stress or loss you've personally had to overcome yourself? Um, yeah, not so much loss. I've been very, very lucky with loss so far. Um, the only loss I had, the first real loss I had was two years ago, I lost both my granddads in the same year. I've been, But again, at the same time, I consider myself so lucky because I'm, I, I can still remember very vividly my great-grandparents, all of them, and all of my all of my grandparents. And um, it's so literally, like, large, so I've still got both my nans, but it wasn't, yeah, two years ago, I lost both my granddads. And luckily, I was at an age where I could deal with that a lot better. You know, I, I, and, and as well, I'd already made, I made peace with it a lot quicker as well because I knew it was the right time for them to go and all that sort of stuff so loss I've been really really lucky you know and I haven't lost a lot thank god um but stress obviously yeah being (laughs) being me you know where I was growing up didn't have any money I got uh my get my now fiance Emily pregnant really young so I was 19 when we got pregnant uh with Ben which is my who's my oldest son now he's 13 now uh I was 19 barely was making any money and then suddenly had to support this child right and lots of my other not really really friends but people I used to hang around with anyway they all had kids but they didn't support them right they literally just for the most part never saw the kids and I was like I'm not going to be that person so I'm not taking that route so the only route I can take is to support these guys and and the only way to do that you know to get my head down and work That, that was a very stressful time because then just as I was sort of getting to grips with having one child when I was 22 she got pregnant again <laughs> and and again you know I wasn't in a position to support a family at all with the money I was on Emily um, didn't work uh, so it was just me and then I remember having Isabel my beautiful uh, second child my oldest girl I had her and literally I think it was three months after she was born you know I was all mega stressed at this point like literally what am I going to do in my life how am I going to make enough money to support these guys Emily drops the bomb on me she's pregnant again so what was your thoughts then? Oh, it, uh, my thoughts for the third one was, you know, I, I can't do this immediately. It was, I, was, I was thinking crazy thoughts. Let's get rid of the baby. That's not, you know, I was going that drastic. I can't, we cannot do this. There's no way that we can support this kid. I was, you know, on the verge of a breakdown at that stage. I was like, what am I going to do? I remember being on my own, crying my eyes out because I knew that she would keep it. And I knew I couldn't at that time support it. Um, so that was a hell of a lot of stress. But... I always use stress as a driver. I, I, I can, I really do f- perform best under stress. I really do. I know how to manage it um, really, really well, and I know how to harness it to, to actually make get more from myself than I can, was currently doing. You know. So how did you get yourself? So as you say, you're a great manager of stress, and you use it to your advantage. Mm-hmm. I do believe that it's like you have to understand how to have mental resilience, and stress isn't going to go away. Absolutely. Like factors are going to happen all the time. Yeah. So how do you get yourself through a stressful period to manage? 
manage it and use it to your advantage. Yeah, so again, it's state management. It's, it's definitely practice. Like, don't get me wrong, I was I wasn't naturally like that. I, I I work a lot on mindset and and understanding why I'm having the thoughts. You know, yeah. but I'm consciously aware of my unconscious. That I always say this to people. I'm consci- I'm consciously aware. What, what my unconscious is telling me to do. A lot of people aren't in tone with it. They, 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 to them, it's a silent voice. But they've got to remember the unconscious controls everything you do. So it's a really, really powerful skill to start tapping into what it's actually saying. So, for instance, you know, when you do, when you do something you shouldn't or when you don't do something you should, that's all subconscious. But my subconscious voice now is really loud, so I can hear my subconscious, and basically, normally, it's telling me lies. So it's like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't do that because of you might fail. That's basically what it's saying. But a lot of people can't hear that. So because I know that's the actual reason why I might not do things, I'm sort of able to manage it. So when, I, when I'm in a stressful situation or it's building up, I just have to quickly and aggressively change my state to believe that... Um, I can do it, you know, because a lot of the time, so the stress builds up because not a lot of the time because of disbelief. So as an example, when I had, when I had the third kid on the way, all my brain was telling me was, I can't, I can't, what's going to happen? This is going to happen. All bad shit. It's just constant bad stuff that comes into your brain. Like all the problems basically is what I'm trying to say. All your brain naturally does is tell you everything that could go wrong. All of the problems, all of the bad. Constant fear. Constant fear. So what I, what I'm really, really good at now, but again, this is practice is looking on the bright side and actually ignoring that and looking at, okay, but what's good about it? You know, what's good about that? Well, what's good about it obviously is I'm going to have another beautiful kid that looks up to me and loves me that I can help grow into an amazing adult. That's enough. That's one good thing. I'm going to have someone else to inspire me to go out and do better. All of these types of things. So I slowly start looking at all of the memories, all of the holidays we can go on. My family are going to love them. Everyone's going to love this. So I just started looking at all the good rather than the problems. I think so many people, this is where a lot of, um, you know, um, mental health issues come from nowadays, anxiety, stress, all of it stems from people focusing too much on the problems that they're facing as opposed to the solutions to those problems. You know, uh, like Tony Robbins is really famous for saying where, where focus goes, energy flows. Yeah. If your focus is constantly on, oh my God, what's going to happen? This is going to be terrible. Uh, this means that. This means I can't go out. This means I can't see my friends anymore. This means I'm going to have to be working 18 hours a day. This is all, these are all the problems. And if you're focusing on those problems, your energy is going to be there. Your state's going to come down. You're going to feel stressed. You're going to feel like you can't do it. Yeah. But, if you, but if you start if you change your focus, shift your focus, and focus on all the good that could happen from the situation, your focus and energy goes there, and you start, you know, you start dealing with it better. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, well, gratitude obviously is one of the best practices daily for getting your mind right. Is that something you do every 100%. day? One hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. I wake up every single day. I mean, you, you've seen me like my motivational type videos, yeah. right? So I do those. I, I literally just do those because this sort of stuff, you know. The way I've dealt with a lot of things in my life, I, I, I have a passion for just sharing that because I'm fairly good at explaining it. So that's why I do the videos. This is the only reason why I do them because it, it helps a lot of people. Um, yeah, and I think that's it's a good point because men for mental health, it's such a an unspoken sort of stigma around it starting to be more, you know, well. Oh my god, like massive, you know, like yeah. What what started me doing the videos was I read I read a stat that in the UK more men over the age of forty are killing themselves than being killed by disease. Yeah, under fifty, it's the biggest killer in the it's UK. It's like, uh, I, and I remember reading that stat. This was this was um, 
in, at the end of 2018, I remember reading that stat. I was like, what the hell is going on with the world? I know. Like, so what has it come to? Like, how, how can they get to this point where they, they, they literally feel like there's no other way out? And it just baffled me. And it sent me down this sort of rampage and rants <laughs> where I just wanted to try and get through to these guys that are having these thoughts. And I, on a daily basis, get tens of people messaging me on Instagram and Facebook saying, Matt, I watched one of your videos. Literally, I was on the edge. Of, I was, I was about to kill myself, and one of your videos snapped me out of it. And just that, just if if I just had one of those comments, I'd still do the videos, you know. But one of the things I um, talk about, going back to your question, is is gratitude. Every single day, I wake up and I and I thank whoever it is to thank, you know, uh, that, that I'm alive. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't focus on anything else. I don't care that. Um, I've just lost out on a client or, you know, business isn't going too well or we didn't hit a sales target or me and Emily are going for a rough pack. Whatever, whatever the problem is, I don't focus. I wake up and the first thing I say is I'm breathing. I got up. Loads of people didn't. Yeah. Like loads of people didn't. You know, I've got both my legs, both my arms. Loads of people haven't, you know, and I, and I can look at everything that's good in my life and be thankful for that. And I, I make sure I do that every day. I put everything into perspective yeah. because, because so many people have got a lack of it, right? Oh, yeah, fucking, you know, the, this iPhone updates rubbish or whatever you know it's like mate you know get a grip yeah (laughs) because it's like first world problems right there's people out there dying every single day starving you know so um so yeah it's a big one for me so when you get those messages for example men reaching out it's obviously just you know it's a normal man it's a standard you know message you're getting Mm. what do you think it is about they could have been the first person you could have been the first person they told that they actually had that thought that time why do you think that is with men it's such a hard thing well what, what I try and do in the videos is, is I try and make them relatable so I, I try I at least try and relate it to me because sometimes I don't sometimes I've just got something to say and I rant the really good ones the really powerful ones is when I tell them that I've been through the same thing yeah. so you know when I'm ranting and then I say I used to do this or when I'm telling people they shouldn't do this you shouldn't do that but I used to be the person that didn't and when as soon as I, I get that relatability there I think that what that does is that pulls down the barrier and it and it makes them believe that they can reach out to me because they're like well you know he's saying that he's like me now so I can approach him and say because honestly you wouldn't believe the messages I get in terms of the detail Mm. I can tell that this person that's written me you know he's literally had to send it in two messages in Instagram it's that long because it's there's a there's a limit on the messages and he's he's literally poured his heart out to me and I could tell I'm the first person he's told any of this to there's no way he's told anyone else this because he's it's like thank god I can tell someone he just tells me all of everything he's going through but it's a good thing right it gets him off his chest and and I I, I reply that means a lot to him because most of them are just well shocked when I reply yeah. like, oh my god you replied um, and then that means a lot to him as well because a lot of the time I'm really blunt with him you know I'm, I'm really like man up you know just like just look look on the bright side because all you're doing is focusing on the problems you're, you're literally living in your problems because people they, they materialise their problems into like this thick mush that's all around them and they just feel like they're surrounded by it and they, they can't get out that's because they want to be in it in some ways a lot of people they they're just used to living there yeah you know that you and they, they feel comfortable just focusing on the problems because for, for a lot of them focusing on the good scary you know for a lot of them it's weird you that's know true. some people feel more comfortable being in shit 
right? Then <laughs> like focusing on the good cycle, stuff. Though, isn't it? Once yeah. you're in it, spiral down. But, but but everyone everyone can snap out of it. But it takes consistent daily routines. It takes just every single day. You know, you do it one day. You wake up the next day. You you feel exactly the same. It's just like a you know, it's like a muscle. You feel exactly the same as you did. You're still back in that bad situation, focusing on problems. So you have to snap yourself out of it again and again and again and again and and slowly over time you naturally start becoming more positive like me because I was never like this I was the most pessimistic guy you could imagine my family naturally are pessimistic people the background and the area we come from we always we never look on the bright side right so I had to train myself out of it every single day and now it's just natural like now that's where I live I live in the positive and if I go over here I get straight out of it whereas a lot most people are living in the negative and every now and then they're out over there they have a good day you know and then they but then they're back in the shit I think that's a really good point though when you say you know your family <laughs> sort of pessimistic by nature and yeah. you were pessimistic by nature and negative growing up so people always you know you get surrounded by an influence of energy and mindset where you're absorbing you know what was it we're the average of the, average the people we, people we hang around with, with. Yeah. yeah exactly so you have to make a but shift it, in yourself because it's absolutely. the energy in your control <laughs> it's so true as well so it's so true yeah. for you what do you do every day that kind of helps your mindset um, well, I mean, the first thing I do is is move, like just exercise. Honestly, like if people, oh yeah, I've heard this before, but that's the first thing. I'm up at four thirty every day, as you probably seen on my Instagram <laughs> stories. I'm up four thirty every day, and I, ju- I just I just go to the gym. It's so important for me. A lot of the time, people are in a negative state um, and a negative state of mind just because of what they're eating and, and and the amount of exercise they're getting. It's literally, it's not even psychology; it's biology. Yeah. A lot of the time, honestly, like I, I, if I sit down with someone, for instance, I can just look look at them and the state they're in and for instance they're overweight they're sluggish they're lazy a lot of the time that negativity is coming from biology not psychology their psychology could be fine but if your body is literally using all of its energy to break down all the crap you've eaten the night before and you're not getting out and moving that gets the blood around your body gets the endorphins going you haven't got that to help you be positive you're not doing yourself any favors so I, I, I first look at biology like what can I do in the morning to wake my body up so I get up every day drink lots of water in the morning and even if it's just getting on the treadmill for half an hour and doing a fast uphill walk. Sometimes that's all I do. If I can't be asked to go to the gym, I'm just like, I know for a fact, just walking for half an hour uphill will just, just so there's a tiny bit of sweat. I feel so much better afterwards. And you already go into the day positive. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing, like we've already touched on, is just gratitude. I just put things into perspective as soon as I'm as soon as I'm up. While I'm on the treadmill, for instance, as well, walking, it gets the it gets the um, you know the, uh, the the thoughts flowing all right in your mind right I'm walking along and it just it activates the brain so now I'm walking along and I'm thinking everything that's good for me you know I put a little strut on and I walk <laughs> with a bit of a strut with a bit of attitude and I'm just constantly thinking of everything that's good I don't focus on anything that's bad I don't wake up thinking about my problems at all I focus on everything that's good and then after I'm done that's my sort of morning routine done focusing on myself for like that hour when I then go into the real world, and the real world for me is the office, when I go into the office and problems start coming at me straight away, which they do, I'm in a much better state to handle them. 
So you talk about, that's actually interesting, you talk about coming to the office, problems come straight to you because yeah. you are the owner of your company. Yeah. So if you were or are ever going through a really tough time period yourself, how do you deal with being that decision maker who might be really seriously struggling inside and having to show up and give your best at work when you might be extremely distracted by something that's really bad? Yeah, I mean, I'm massive. I'm massive. One of my massive drivers um, is helping people. As corny as it sounds, it's one of my. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm the eldest of five kids. I'm the eldest of uh, twenty grandkids. So I'm the wow. eldest. I'm the oldest child in the family. I was the first, my mum's the eldest of. So I'm the eldest in my whole family. So I, I naturally grew up being the big brother. I was I was looking after everybody growing up. I now know that that's the reason why I am like I am today. So I like to, for instance, that's why I like doing things like that. The event we're at now, for instance, right, and the and the training and things that I do with people. It's because I like being that person. And just like that, being an entrepreneur, being the business owner, I've got eight employees now and I look after them and they are my big driver that they're the reason so if I'm stressed out for instance and problems are coming to me I don't do it for me I have to I literally have to forget me I remember who I'm doing it for so a lot of the time that can give you a massive drive and a massive inspiration so for instance if there's a guy listening for instance and he's got three or four uh, you know three kids and so and a, and a missus at home and he's stressed out just remind yourself you're doing it for them yeah. you know and 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 a lot of the time that sh- that that shift because I think I believe you know as corny as it sounds, I believe deep down all human beings want to be nice. All human beings want to help other human beings. And I believe there's no better feeling than helping someone. Some of us help more people than others. There's some people that literally just are the most selfish people. They don't do anything. And they're normally miserable. <laughs> because, helping, because helping other people is actually the best feeling in the world. And when you do something for someone else when they didn't ask for it, it's the most, it's the biggest driver. It's such a good feeling. It's like a drug. It's like taking a drug. That's the same sort of biological feeling uh, that, that kicks off in your body. So I use that as a driver, like help get in there, for instance, for my team, for the eight guys that are relying on me. I've got to solve these problems. I don't want to deal with them. Even if I don't deal with them, it doesn't bother me, but it's going to affect my team massively. I remind myself that they're on the line, not me, and that gives me inspiration to do it. Yeah, that's a great why. It's like connecting. It's a why, that, exactly it? right, yeah. So that's my why for them guys, yeah. I love that. You, okay, so you have a very masculine energy as a man. Like some yeah. have to, you know, we all have feminine and masculine energies within us. Yep. Yours masculine is very activated. Yeah. But you talk about empathy, and that's yep. obviously something you've managed to tap into. So mm. how did you learn more about empathy and tap into that side of yourself? Yeah, I can't, I, it's really difficult to, to, dis, to sort of decipher how I learned it. But, I, well, it's in marketing, you know. It's literally, that's, I spoke about it earlier on stage, you know. I said it's one of the, one of the uh, most powerful skills we can use in business especially in marketing because in marketing right let's face it I could be a company could come to me and ask me to uh, promote um, women's lingerie right knickers and bras like I have I don't wear knickers and bras believe it or not right really so so but but as a marketer I have to get into the brain of people that would buy knickers and bras we call it in Einstein we call it warging for any of you uh, Game of Thrones fans listening right me. you're a Game yeah. of Thrones fan right <laughs> you know they're warging to other animals yeah. they sort of close their eyes and then they're, they're a hawk flying in the sky we call it warging right we sit down and we walk together right let's get into the minds of <laughs> the ladies that. that want these uh, this lingerie because 
because that effectively is empathy. If I can get into their mind, if I can, if I can think what makes them tick, and be understanding to their feelings, what tick, what you know, what pushes their buttons, what pisses them off, what makes them laugh, and all that sort of stuff, then I can do a better job of um, making that message speak to them. So it was literally for years and years of marketing that that skill has come. But now, what's great is I use it in life so much more now. So for the last five years, especially my relationships all of my relationships with my parents with my fiance with my kids with my friends all of my relationships are such better quality now because I have the power to understand their point of view so no matter what happens I will never ever um, you know just take my own side for instance and look at I, I've always in a lot of the time actually a lot of people think a lot of the time I'm naive because I forgive people too easy for instance but it's because I completely understand why that person did it so so even if it pissed me off and affected me, I immediately go, but I can see why you did it. And I understand that it didn't come from a place of malice, for instance. I understand that you just weren't being aware of my feelings. You know, I can really, like, be empathetic to why, why they've done stuff. Yeah, and yeah. it's such a good thing to tap into and develop. And in whatever way, empathy shifts your perspective. So 100%. It's such a useful It's such tool. a powerful tool. And, and not, you know, so many people... Because what then I want is when, when someone's, for instance, pissed off me, I want them to be as empathetic <laughs> exactly. as me. But they never are. Yes. They never are. Because it's, because it's a rare skill. Like, you know, not many people are very empathetic to, 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 to think. So... When stuff like you know, I don't get involved in politics at all. Politics, don't ask me anything about politics because I can understand everything. I'm like, I can understand where these guys are coming from. I can completely understand where these guys are coming from. I can't pick a side because I understand both points of view too much, right? It's, it's like, I love that. But it's know, true. It's really getting into that. Yeah, like, I cannot. I cannot take a side because I'm I completely empathetic to both sides of the uh, of the story. Do you feel the emotions? Because so I'm an empath, so like I actually will end up like, say, if someone's crying, I'll just start crying. Myself. Crying as well, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, sometimes embarrassing, like, okay, sorry, yeah. guys. But do you feel that yourself, or do you kind of like block it off? Like, what's your? No, nah, I'm I'm a I'm a fairly yeah I'm a fairly sensitive guy sometimes, <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah, I'm a fairly sensitive guy. I've you know. Um, as you can tell, I, I, I talk a lot anyway, but, and, and again, because I'm understanding to a lot of things, I can let myself go. I'm not scared to, you know, uh, un- open the floodgate gate sometimes, you know. Well, that's good, because I was thinking, I was going to ask you, what's your greatest vulnerability? My greatest vulnerability? That's a tough one to answer. <laughs> it is a tough one to answer. It's particularly hard for sort of like something you might not have shared with like your audience yourself, but it's something that's kind of really shaped you as a person yeah I'm not really sure I mean like I said it was it was you know uh, I mean it was getting to that point in my life anyway so the early stages like I said were really really stressful with me and Emily and uh uh, we had Ben at the time, so ben, and we just had Isabel, and we just so this was at the worst time. This is when we just found out we're having the third one, and me and Emily were going for a rough time because obviously, if you if you're stressed and shit, you know, at work and and that's going on, it's going to affect your relationships, right? Yeah. Back home, so me and Emily were going, uh, you know, at each other all the time. We just weren't getting on. We ended up breaking up for it for about a year. Um, and but it but it was how it affected my kids that was really like um, that really hit me, and. Um, you know, it ended up leading to me and Emily. And I remember, I can remember one time we were driving, I can't remember where we were going now, like South End or somewhere like that. And we were taking the kids out 
and we were having such a massive row. And you had all three of my kids in the in the in the back seat, and me and Emily were in the front. And we just started rowing. I was saying stupid, you know. I probably took a wrong turn or something. She was just <laughs> on my case. Oh, whatever it was. And we were having a massive, huge row, and I was shouting. Now, and I'm not aggressive a person whatsoever, but I can raise my voice, right? <laughs> and I'm going mad and, and shouting at her, calling her a load of names completely and just completely blank that the kids were there you know as you do you just like you go fucking you know tunnel vision to have this uh, have an argument with this person you can't see anyone around you yeah and um and i can remember uh i don't know i'm telling this actually i would never told anyone this before and uh, i remember looking in the in the back seat um after i'd smacked the fucking um the uh, the steering wheel because i was so she was making me so angry right have you got have you have you got a partner not at the moment. No. Right, not at the moment. Okay, right. But when, when you've got one, they just know how to press your buttons. Yes. They know exactly what Personally to say. Personally knows you best. Knows Personally you know you best. They know exactly how to piss you off. They know what's going to... And she was pushing all my buttons. So I ended up smacking the steering wheel. And I can remember at that moment, I remember looking in the rearview mirror, and all three of my kids were just looking at me terrified. Like, I've never seen, uh, I've never seen them look so scared before. And they were looking at their dad. They were looking at me, you know? And that was fucking... That was horrible, that... Um, and that was that was actually the day we decided to break up because I was like, look, I cannot I cannot have that look on my kid's face. Like we should be putting smiles on their faces. We shouldn't be making them cry. You know, this everything everything that's happening shouldn't be affecting them like this. They literally um, afterwards, I think one of them, I can't remember if it was Izzy or Ben, actually asked my mum because they looked a bit upset. My mum asked them what was wrong, and one of them actually asked my mum if I would ever hit Emily. Like got to that stage. And like, you know, that was so hard to hear. I was like, how can that, my kids were like, at the time, like three, three, four years old. And they, first of all, they looked at me like I was terrified. And again, I wasn't doing anything to them, I was shouting at her. And then to, to think that I could potentially hurt their mum Mm. was just uh, heartbreaking for me. And, like, so Im- immediately we were just like, no, that's it, let's call it a day now. It's like seeing a reflection in them. Like, your reflection was, like, well, you finally Exactly that. You finally see what... Because you don't know what you look like, you know, and you finally realise what, you, what you've... You've been acting like a prick, basically, yeah. you know? <laughs> Sorry, the P-bomb has just been dropped on your podcast <laughs> now. We've taken it up a notch. So not the first person to swear on this podcast. It's yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so, you know, so that was... That was that was that was a hard time, definitely. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. To to finish, I always ask this question for people because I find it interesting that everyone has a sort of different take on it. And even if you know you're not religious, spirituality is it's you know it's its own thing. So, what does spirituality mean to you? Um, I'm not religious, um, so I I mean I I do believe that I believe in myself. I, I always explain this to people. I'm not religious at all. You know, just get it out there. I don't believe in a higher power at all. I don't believe it, but I do believe in human potential. That's what I believe in. Like I'm really big on human potential. I believe that there is something at another level of us that we could potentially tap into. We just don't know how to. Um, I believe in myself 100%. And I think, I think, I think, for instance, talking about religion, less than spirituality, I think that come about obviously thousands and thousands of years ago because there were so many questions unanswered, right, from us. Yeah. And, and we needed to understand, like, where we come, we needed an answer to everything. You know, why are we here? Where did we come from? And this, you know, religion and God got brought up as a solution to that problem. But, um, 
it sort of moved people away from actually believing in themselves. Yeah, don't worry, I'll get this done because, you know, God will make it happen and all this sort of stuff. It's like, no, you can make it happen. You can do it. You've got the potential to do it. You haven't been given that potential. That's yours. That's inside you. you can, you're an amazing person. You can achieve anything you want to achieve if you can believe you can achieve it. But a lot of people don't think that way. And that's where my, that's as far as my spirit, spirituality goes, really. I like that, though. It actually yeah. it really ties into what I believe in that I, I believe in something greater outside of myself, but I believe that we have the power within ourselves through that greatness to, you know, make our lives as great as we possibly can. You explained can. it a lot better than me. That's ba- <laughs> that, but that's basically what I, you know, I, 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 I believe, you know, I, I do believe there's something, there's, there's this other level to us that none of us have been able to access yet, unfortunately. You know, they, they reckon we only access like, what, 10, 5, 10% of our brain power. Yeah, which is crazy. Which is unbelievable, right? Because you, can you imagine, like, what we've done with the world and the, and the planet now? Like, what we can do if we had 95% more potential is like, ridiculous. I know. It's crazy. So to finish, what is one legacy you want to leave behind if you could leave anything behind as a legacy for yourself? So I don't want to sound cliche, but it's true. I'm a dad. So my all I focus on, my legacy is, is how good my kids turn out. That's what I focus on. My business, yeah, great. That's going to be, you know, eventually, who knows, I might sell my business. I'll never. The greatest legacy I can leave behind after I'm gone is how good my kids turn out. So I'm big on making my kids good people. I don't care what they do. I don't care what they achieve. Are they going to be good people? Are they going to make other people around them feel better about themselves? You know, are they going to be the type of people that help someone across the street rather than pushing them into the street? You know, <laughs> things like that. So I'm big on that. And, I, and, and so far, my kids are unbelievable. All of them they're just so polite they're the most beautiful kids they, they might actually get it they might if we're lucky get here tomorrow none of them have ever seen me on stage before oh, that's so, so nice. hopefully tomorrow they'll be here and, and i can invite them up uh, they're so polite you know they're so beautiful they're just they're, they're the nicest kids so, so far we've done a pretty good job but it's a work in progress man because of outside influence there's always things getting in their way tempting temptations teaching them bad habits at you so it's a constant work to keep them on the right path but i think if I get to you know sort of 50 60 years old and my kids are now adults and they're good people I'll be like man I'm happy you know I don't mind if I go tomorrow now I love that you know because I've done my job that really is it sounds cliche but that is it no it's true it's just so important it's like that extension of human connection and making it matter so it carries on carries on yeah the ripple effect butterfly effect I love that thanks so much no worries great talking to you today thank you Alice Thank you so much for tuning into the Lawali Life podcast again today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Matt and his incredible energy and motivation. If you are enjoying all the episodes, then please hit subscribe and download all of them now so I can continue to bring you more amazing people during lockdown and beyond to help inspire you, keep you calm and motivated. Stay tuned.